Luke chapter number 19, verse number 1, the Bible says this, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be guest with a man that is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. If I've taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you tonight. We're glad to be in this place, Lord. Thankful for the testimonies tonight. God, just what an encouragement. And Lord, the spirit in the place and the choir. And we just come to you tonight. God, I need you. I pray you just give me some unction to preach, Lord. I need power. I, I got the word, Lord, but I need the power. And I pray you just uh, help me to effectively communicate the word of God. May our hearts and our ears be open, Lord, tonight. Supernaturally help us to hear your word tonight and help us to right, make right decisions, Lord, when you speak to our hearts. Help us, we pray. We love you. If one's lost in here tonight, I pray they get born again. And Lord, we thank you and we praise you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, one of the first things I ever learned in church, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. What, what an amazing, uh, in some ways it's so simple, it's profound, the, the depth that's found in this a little account here uh, but I'm glad that God put it in here for us. And I, I want to look at this passage in two ways. I believe the primary account is to show you somebody that was lost that got saved. You know, he wasn't saved because he gave fourfold back. That was because he got saved, that he had a change in his heart. And Jesus, that's how Jesus said, this day salvation has come. There was a change in Zacchaeus' heart. And what's an amazing thing is, is that here we come to Jericho, the city that we find this in. And, you know, Jericho, was a cursed city. Go all the way back to the Old Testament, Joshua chapter number 7. It wasn't supposed to be rebuilt. And there was a curse upon those who did rebuild. And aren't you glad though, listen, you and I live in a cursed world under a curse, but I'm glad there's one that can redeem us from the curse. There's one that can set us free tonight. His name is Jesus. And that's who we see in this account. And, and as we, we come to this passage, I want to look at it two ways, uh, but primarily I'm going to preach a little bit different to it. But I, as we come to this new year, I, I can't help but think, now we may not all have the same perspective on a new year, but no matter what you say, it's a new year. I know whether you want it to be or not, I mean, there's some years, you know what, like 2020, we was all glad that one was over with, right? Amen. I mean, there's certain years we're glad they end. We're certain years we wish they never would. And some are better, some are hard, but uh, whatever it may be. But as we come to it, it's still a time where though 
just the calendar changes, just the year changes, but it seems like it's a time of transition, a time we can reflect and look back on a, a whole year and a time to look ahead to maybe new opportunities or things that we see. But it's, it's an interesting time nonetheless. And I thought about this message coming to here, uh, and, and I want to pull a few things out of this, this account here, and I think can help us as we go into this new year. Now, I'm not going to preach anything new tonight, and that's okay, uh, but I believe it will still help us. But I want you to first thing I want you to grasp out of this is we, we come here and Zacchaeus, uh, God, God introduces us to him. It, it tells us, listen, he was rich, he was short, he was a chief, he had a primary position among the publicans, which means they didn't like him around there. That, the publicans were people who uh, collected the taxes for the Romans. They were not popular people because often they took a lot more than they supposed to. That's probably how he met, got his rich. That's probably how he got his riches. But, but, but I want you to notice something. We are identified with a man, and, and as the time we see the end of this change, we see Jesus passing through. And that man that we were introduced to in chapter 2 was not the same man we find in, chapter, in verse number 10. There was a change made in his life. And, and I want to tell you something tonight. He had a clear objective. I want you to see this. Notice that, that somehow he got word that Jesus was in Jericho. I don't know if he heard it on the radio, if he got it on the internet. I don't know how he heard the news, how it passed through, but someone had mentioned and he come about that Jesus was passing through. And the Bible said in verse 3, I want you to notice this phrase, he sought to see Jesus. That's a clear objective. You say, what did he want to do? He wanted to see Jesus. And, and, and I, I want you to just think this account shows us a sinner who met a Savior and received salvation by faith. And may I say something to you tonight? If you're here and you're lost, Acts 17, 27, Paul told him at Athens to seek the Lord. If you're lost tonight, you've never had your sins forgiven, you need to seek God tonight. You need to call on him for salvation and you can be saved tonight. That's an invitation. But being this, this new year, I want to look at this for a little bit of application for the believer as well. And as we come to this new year, whether we're happy about it or sad about it, there's a freshness to it. There's a change. Uh, I mean, I'll probably write 2023 on most of my stuff for the next three months. It seems like by the time I get it down, it switches over. And I'll probably, y'all go ahead, I'll say 2023 till June, okay? So just get used to it and add a year to it. Act like I didn't say it. But as we come to 2024, coming to a new year, there's some things that ought to come with us, but I believe that there ought to be some objectives in our lives spiritually. We, as a child of God, listen to me, we ought to think about spiritual things. The, the, a, a healthy spiritual life, you're concerned and thinking about spiritual things. You're thinking about the things of God. And I thought... What are some objectives we may be thinking through as we, as we uh, come into this new year? Maybe it's perhaps reading your Bible through. Let me say something to you. If you did it for the first time or you've done it before, listen, do it again. It's a wonderful, necessary thing. If you've never done it, you ought to set that out to do it this year. Make 2024 your year to do that. Maybe, maybe uh, spiritually an objective is we want to lead someone to the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. What a great objective that is. Again, may I say there's nothing wrong with setting these things. We ought to ask God to put us in these situations. Let me say something. If you pray to ask God to help you to lead someone to Christ, let me say something. He's going to put somebody in your way. He's going to do that. Courtney was telling me that uh, Scott Polly, he had this uh, enjoying the journey. They had this uh, Bible conference about how to study your Bible through over the weekend down at the Tamarack. 
And she was telling me this morning that there was a young man that not in a part of the conference. He just worked at the Tamarack. He was at the door, an usher and at the door. And he sat and heard all the things all day. And after that thing ended, he talked to Scott Pauley and got born again. And not only that, he got paid to do it too all day long. Praise God for that. I mean, that's what God does. I mean, but, but, but listen to me. I, I'm talking about we ought to set out. That as a church, we ought to have some objectives. You know one of the objectives? We want to see these new converts that was born again last year growing this year. But I, don't, I want to see more new converts. Yeah, I want to have parking lot problems. And I want to, ha- I, listen, I want to have those kind of things because we're growing. I want to see God's people not only growing in number but growing spiritually. We ought to have a desire for that. I mean, listen, in our hearts as this new year comes, we should have a desire to walk closer with the Lord. Not just because the cha- calendar changed, but it's a good time of just reflection, a good time to look out. Paul said in Philippians 3, 8 and 10, he wrote this. He said, Yea, doubtless I count all things but loss. For the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. This was a saved man talking about, I want to know Jesus more. And that ought to be our desire as we go into this year. We ought to, hey, listen to me. Uh, Don't get mad at me, but if you're not thinking spiritual things, you need to do a little spiritual checkup. Born-again people, Christians, ought to be thinking about the things of God regularly. I mean, I know we have other things we do in our day, but things, it ought to concern us about our day, the way that we're living. We ought to think about this stuff all the time. We ought to have some reflection. How, did I do, did I live right today? Did I make the right decision? Did I glorify? These ought to be normal things we go with, and there ought to be a desire to want to do the right thing. And Paul was saying he was already saved on his way to heaven, but he was not, uh, he was not settled. He said, I want to know him more. And that ought to be the desire for the child of God. We ought to want to know him more. And you say, well, what does this have to do with, with, with Zacchaeus? Well, can you see the same desire? Zacchaeus sought him for salvation, but can I say we ought to want to climb higher? We ought to want to have the same desire to grow closer to him this year. Now, as we see here, there's some likeness in this passage the objective is the same, you and I, to, to, to see him, to know him more, to get closer to the Lord Jesus Christ in 2024. But notice there were some obstacles. Now, Zacchaeus had a desire, and desire is a good place to start. But let me say something to you. Having right desires, you're going to run into some things that's going to try to quench him out. There was two main obstacles in his way to see Jesus. The first one was the press. That word press here, it means a crowd. It was a throng of people. Now, wherever he heard it, they must have been an event on the Facebook or something like that, or they must have announced it on the news because he was coming through and everybody was there. Now, I don't know exactly at what part of Jericho that this was taking place, but, but, but God ordained this to be here, but there was a ton of people here. And, and Zacchaeus, he, the problem that he had is he couldn't see Jesus because one of the reasons was there were some external things that was keeping him from seeing the Lord. And I thought, I started thinking about this. This press is a good picture of Satan in the world. 
I, can I say something to you? If your desire is to get closer in your walk with the Lord, you're going to find some, there's going to be some things that get in your way of seeking God out. I mean, I think about the enemy. John, you can read throughout the scriptures. I, I think it's in Thessalonians where Paul said that he was let, meaning he was hindered by Satan. There was times that Satan had moved, and, and you can see it throughout the Bible where Satan had tried to hinder and thwart a plan of God, but, but God prevailed. And, and the Bible tells us this about Satan in John 10.10. 10, it says, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And may I say, he can't take your salvation once you got it, but he can take your joy. He can take your testimony. He can take all kinds of things. that He can take your peace if you allow him to. Listen, he'll take your mind if you give it over to him. Hey, he'll take a stronghold in that thing. He's looking nothing about He's just deceitful. It's death. It's destruction. That's Satan. That's who he is. But I want you to think about this. He's looking to hinder you. He's looking to hinder your growth. You know what he wants us to do? Be just okay and happy with who we are here. Listen, we ought to be thankful. Right, there's a lot of thankfulness tonight for what God's done in this place, and we ought to praise God for that. But hold on a second. We, if we're not careful, we can sit down and listen until Jesus comes, just sit here and be thankful and miss out on what God has for us here. We don't want to be complacent. There's a difference. That's what Paul was saying for this one thing I do, forgetting those things are behind. He didn't forget he got saved. He just wasn't going to rest on all them things he'd done all them years. He said God has more. Now stay with me. The world will hinder the child of God. Now, I use these, these terms generically and I, when I say that they hinder you. But I want to ask you a specific question, and you think about it and let the Holy Ghost think about it in your life. But as we look back at 23 and we look presently at where we are here in 24, what's keeping you from seeking a closer relationship to the Lord? What kind of external things? I'll get to the next one in a second. But what, what kind of things are out here hindering you, that's pulling you away, that's maybe taking your time, that's taking your focus. I'm not talking about, listen, I'm not saying you can't enjoy your hobbies and have fun. I'm not talking about, that's what I mean. But you know whether or not the Lord has your attention or not. Ask yourself this question. Specifically, what's keeping you from getting closer to God? You know what Zacchaeus had to do? He had to separate from the press. Can I say a closer relationship with the Lord's, when you talk about what does it mean to be holy, I was going to read and we'll read 1 Peter 1, 15, 16. I'll just read it because I'll say it. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. When you're talking about holy and when you're separating, you're separating from something to someone. And, 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 and notice, he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to fulfill his desire. But in able to do so, he had to get and separate himself from the crowd. He had to separate himself from these external things that were keeping him. May I ask the question, what's keeping you from getting closer to God this year? If we're going to have a closer relationship with the Lord, we're going to have to climb higher. We're going to have to make some intentional choices to separate from some... Th I'm not talking about separating from sinful things. Hold on. If you've got sin in your life, you just need to repent and get right now. 
That, that's not what this is talking about here. I mean, if you have habitual sin in your life, you're not right with the Lord. You need, to, you need to get right. The Bible said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me, Psalm 66, 18. There's already a problem in your relationship. But I believe what we can see in the application here is there may be things that take up our time that really in all that matters don't mount to a hill of beans anyways that we could be given to the Lord. Now, God gives us things to enjoy. He wants us to enjoy life. But you know whether or not things become, so to speak, gods in our lives. I, I've t- said this from this pulpit many times. I'm an all-inner. If I'm in something, I'm in it. I mean, if I'm going to play golf, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it the best I can. I'm going to be all-in. But I've got to be careful with myself because I can become consumed with whatever that is and let that consume me. And the problem is I, I, I forget about all the other things that I ought to be doing. And, and, and if you know that about yourself, you ought to be careful of these things. But, but he had a problem is there were some external things that was getting in his way of getting closer to God. And listen, you and I need to take a look and see what is externally that's keeping us. But that wasn't his only problem. Not only was he all kinds of people, but he was short. Little stature, that means short in the Masoretic if you want to know. Look it back up. You know what the second obstacle he faced was? Himself. He faced himself. He wasn't very tall. That was a physical limitation that he had at this time for this scenario. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with being short, by the way, okay? I'm just saying in this scenario, he couldn't see over everybody else. And let me say something. Being tall don't make any more spiritual. Look at Saul. Hold on a second. You can be tall or you can be short. Let me say something. You just better be saved. That's what matters. Right here we see a lost man that was short. We find one in the Old Testament that was tall. He was head and shoulders above everybody. And both of them were in spiritual problems. But one of them found Jesus. He's the God for the tall and the short. Hey, man, that ought to make us happy tonight because that fits everybody in here tonight. You're either tall or short. Let me say something or find yourself in between. He's the God for you too. He'll save you tonight. But the greatest hindrance that we find in seeking the Lord is us. This old nature, this old flesh. I, I don't know where in the world people get this silly thing at, but the flesh don't ever go away until you die. Listen, I'll get, it'll, be, listen it'll be eradicated one day when I take my last breath on this earth. That's when that flesh will be. Otherwise, unfortunately, I wake up with me. And you say, oh, preacher, that's terrible. And I say, yeah, well, you wake up with you, so we're even. Okay? Right? But here's the real thing. Every day we get up, right desires. But we're going to find hindrances. The Bible says this, Galatians 5 and 17, Paul wrote this. He said, for the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh... And these are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. And what Paul was saying was the spirit wants to get closer to God but the flesh don't want to do anything. It's just a battle right here. And the battle's on the inside. Go to Romans 7 and Paul said, I I can do the right things but inside of me there's something wrong inside of me. Isn't that amazing? That was a saved man right there. But I'm glad for Romans chapter number 8. I want you to think about it for a second. We don't get rid of this old man until we go home, but I want to say something to you. We don't have to let the old man rule us till we get there. There's a big difference. We don't have to be, listen, get mad. I'm not 
We don't have to be like the church of Corinth. Every, every time we go down south, I think it's in North Carolina, and, it's, and there's a road sign there, and it says Corinth. And I think, man, I would not want to be the pastor of Corinth Baptist Church, right? <laughs> I was like, that's not the church. I want. Where you go to church? Corinth, you know, but, you know. But I want you to think about it for a second. You know what Paul addressed them? They were carnal. What, what, what does it mean to be carnal? It means that they were living in their flesh and not letting the Spirit have rule in their life. And God doesn't intend that way. And, 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 and Galatians 5 and 17 tells us that there is an internal battle. There is a hindrance to us getting closer to God in 2024. And it's not the person beside you. It's not the person behind you. Don't even look up here at the preacher. Hey, they're sitting right there with you. We have the internal battle of this old nature inside of us. But I want to tell you something. Listen to me. Here's some good news. Paul tells us in Ephesians 4 and 22, he said, to put off concerning the former conversation, the old man. God is not asking us to do something that cannot be accomplished. He tells us there, he tells us over in Colossians, which is a, is a very comparable book. He says, put off the old man. What does he tell us that for? Because the flesh can and will hinder us in getting closer to God. That ought to be our desire. As a uniform desire of Roxelana Gospel Tabernacle, we in 2024, individually and collectively, our desire to be, we want to have a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we want to see people come to know him as personal Savior. We want to see people's lives get changed. We want to see new creatures. These are the things that we want to see. But can I say something to you? You know what's a hindrance to that? This old flesh, me. But good news. I like good news. I just gave you bad news. Bad news is, I gotta wake up with me until I don't wake up here on this earth one day, praise God. But Galatians 5 and 16 says this. Paul said, This I think this I say then. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now listen to me, it doesn't say that the lust of the flesh goes away. It doesn't say that it's gone or it's dead. That doesn't say that it says you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What it's saying is there's a, there's a battle going on on the inside, but you can have victory. You can get closer to God. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you and I can get past the hindrance of self. Our biggest, maybe I think our biggest problem that we face is ourselves. We live in a society, the last days is marked by lovers of their own selves. Everything is pushing self love, self first. Listen to me. We don't need to push that first. We were born that way in our nature. You don't have to teach a person to take care of themselves. They do that anyways. You don't have to do that. Listen to me. We're born with a nature that cares primarily about who? Self. That's the natural thing. But there's a supernatural work in the heart of a believer and there's a supernatural person in there. The Holy Ghost. Thank God sealed and God said that there can be victory. You say, well, I, I, I'm talking about, I don't care how bad that old man is, the spirit is a capital S and he's bigger. And you can have victory. Whatever has hindered you from growing closer, 5.16 here in Galatians says, you can have victory in 2024. You can, you can grow closer in your walk with God if you will walk in the spirit. 
There's, vic- there, there's victory in this tonight. Notice the two obstacles. And I'm almost done with it. Y'all's just praying this. I ain't even going to preach 30 minutes tonight. Don't get used to it. I'm just kidding, but I want you to think about this. There was two obstacles for Zacchaeus. The press, and he was little stature. But he had a desire to see Jesus. And I want to say something to you. A closer walk with the Lord is available to every single child of God. Every single one. Now, I'm not even talking about tomorrow. I'm talking about it's available today. It don't have to be something we can begin tomorrow. I know we like to set goals and things like that, but that, something this big ought to just be something we just do right now. Like you don't even have to wait to the invitation. If you just want to come get closer to God, you can just get up and come pray. It won't spook me or anything. I'll just say, we'll preach on and shatter down. But listen to me. Today is the best day to seek a closer walk with God. Notice two things about Zacchaeus. The Bible said he ran, and the Bible said he climbed. And I want you to notice he had a desire, but he also put forth effort and energy. God will help us, but you have a part in how close you want to be with the Lord. James chapter 4, verse number 8, I believe, and it says, Draw nigh to God, and he, he will draw nigh to you. I didn't quote it exactly right. But the principle is, there's a movement from us, and if we'll move closer, he'll move closer. And and, and I want you to grasp this tonight is, if you're going to have a closer walk with God, you're going to have to invest yourself into this relationship more. That means there's going to have to be some things that gets cut off. You know, like when you're on a diet. They, they, around the work, they they know when I, I get on that, I don't eat sugar for, you know, however many days. Enough's enough so my jackets will button down twice and y'all can't see them stretched out. Then I start drinking Coke again. That's my problem. I can't, can't maintain. But they always know and I think about when I cut out sugar, man, I cut out all kinds of things that I really enjoy, right? And I didn't just do that. I've been eating just normal in this Christmas season. But I'm sure here soon this thing's getting a little tight. I'll have to lose a couple pounds. But I have to cut out things. And may I say, if you're going to have a closer walk with Jesus, there'll have to be a more investment of your time. A relationship that grows is one that invest in is going to take more of something. So if, if, there's only, if there's only so much time in a day and so much time that you actually have awake and so much time that you have that you can put in at some place, something's going to have to be cut out for something to be put in. You're going to, if you're going to invest your energy and you're going to invest yourself in growing closer to the Lord, you're going to find there's somewhere. But I want, don't people start, I start saying that and they're like, oh man, what am I going to do? Hold on a second. Don't get nervous. You'll find the investment in a closer walk with God is the best thing you've ever done. It won't be an investment that you regret or you're sorry about. It'll be one you'll find and wonder, why didn't I do it before? Why didn't I continue to grow? And may I say, even if you've been growing, this is not a message of, maybe a message of revival, but can I say to and challenge you, why don't you grow some more? We can all invest a little bit. We can all grow closer. Ain't none of us reached a place where our relationship's perfect with the Lord. We can grow closer. And that ought to be a desire. A good church, a church that wants to honor God, I don't want to continue to grow. We ought to want to, if we ever get stagnant, we got a problem. We ever get satisfied with this, this building and what God's done here and just all right with it? We got a problem. We ought to want to grow closer. 
But it's going to require some work on your part. But I want you to think about this, and I'm going to end on this. This sycamore tree, it's, it's not like the sycamore trees we have around here. Now, we go over to the farm, Frogs Creek. I mean, our creek bank is littered with sycamore trees. And them things, them leaves, they'll be bigger than your head. I mean, they get this big, branches hang out. It's not that kind of tree. But here, this is a, uh, I'll mess it up, and Tom, you just go ahead and start laughing now when I say, this is a ficus sycamorus. And it's really called the sycamore fig. This was a type of a fig tree. It had fruit. It bore fruit. And, and, and oftentimes, that these, these trees were often planted beside the roadsides for shade. And, and I've read they could grow up to 60 feet tall. Now, some of them, I said, I didn't see a clear picture of one. Uh, but from what I understand, it's not the best fruit, uh, fig fruit tree. There's other ones that are better, but, but you could get fruit from it. But they, some of them say that the branches made it easy to climb. And I started thinking about this, this sycamore tree. You wonder how many times Zacchaeus in his life walked past that tree. Lived in Jericho. I mean, I'm assuming he lived there his whole life. And how many times he walked past that tree? How many times that, that figs may have been pulled off of that tree and, 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 and taken or something? Maybe how many people had sat by the roadside on a hot summer day and sat underneath that tree? And I start thinking about that tree. Because it says right there, it says a sycamore tree. So there was one that he climbed up in. Now, I don't know the exact location is, but here's what I know. From eternity past, God in heaven planted this tree in the exact place where a man that needed to be saved could climb up in and see the Savior. And I'm started thinking about all that God does. Listen to me. It's available for us to grow. And I started thinking about the way that God's working in your life you don't even know about. He may have walked past this tree hundreds of times, never made a, maybe he never even saw it, maybe he never even mentioned it, maybe he never even noticed it on the roadside. But on this day, that tree became a use to help him get saved. And can I say God works in our lives. He's planted things in our lives in 2024. Yes, we live in America. We ought to praise God for that. Hey, we've been planted in a place we have religious freedom. We ought to shout her down for that tonight. Hey, listen, I know there's problems and I know there's things and here, here we are right here in Dunbar, West Virginia, but do you realize that God has planted us here with the purpose for us to grow closer to him? There's no excuse today. <clears throat> the only reason if Zacchaeus wouldn't have got saved on that day, the only reason is because he chose not to. What I see is the sovereign hand of God working in the life. I mean, I think about that tree. I wonder, I don't know if someone intentionally planted it. I don't know if a seed, maybe it's hard to tell. A seed may have come off a truck and rode down on a camel and fell off the camel one day and got into the soil and began to grow up. And people decided we're not going to cut weed down. We're going to let her grow. You know why the tree was there? The tree was there for the purpose to see a man get born again and May I say God has a purpose in this hour, in this moment, in this day to see us grow closer to him, to see us do his will, to see us serve him. And that's what we ought to do in 2024. Come on, Judy. Come on, Judy.
So, child of God, <coughs> He's working so that you can climb higher. He's working so that you can get closer to Him. And your lost friend, if you're in here tonight, can I say something to you? This was no accident <coughs> that you were in this place. As it was no accident that Jesus passed through Jericho that day. You know why I went through Jericho? There's probably a gazillion reasons in the mind of God that I'll not know them all. But I know one, Tom. There was a little wee little man. And a wee little man was he. But thank God he climbed up in that sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. But I'm glad that the Savior passed that day. He looked up in that tree. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus received him joyfully and got born again, saved. You say, how do we know? Because there's a testimony of a changed man. The man that probably got his riches from stealing off of the, of the Jews, from taking more than he was supposed to, used his position of power to be deceitful, to be destructive in the lives of others. Met the one that died on the cross for all of his sins. He was, Jesus was on his way to Calvary here, and he was already, listen to me, his sins was already taken care of. That's how, that's how sure Calvary was. That's why God could forgive sins all the way through before he got to Calvary, because hey, he was working on credit, but God knew that he was going to pay the debt. But I want to tell you, friend, you may have come in here tonight lost, but God doesn't intend for you to leave that way. Christ died for your sins and he was buried and the Bible said on the third day he rose again and if you'll believe in your heart you're going to repent that's a part of it repentance is a change of mind you start agreeing with what God says about him and what God says about you it'll change your life but you believe in your heart confess with your mouth thou shalt be saved you say preacher well who can be saved well just like we see right here whether you're short, whether you're tall, the Bible said, whosoever will. It don't matter what color your skin is, what language you speak. It don't matter how tall you are, how much you weigh. It don't matter how much money you have. It don't matter what you, where, where you're from. We can go all the demographics you want to. Can I say, hey, right here in Jesus Christ is a salvation for every single man, woman, boy that's ever lived and will ever live. Calvary was enough. And child of God, as we go into 2024... My challenge to you is, how can you climb higher spiritually? The opportunity's there. God's planted us here. All the things that goes on in our life, listen, there ain't a thing that goes in our life that God don't know we're going through. As we went into 2023, did you think we expected Tom to, to get another kidney that fast? He had two kidneys, by the way. He had one 30 days after he got on the list. And 30 days later, make me spill my coffee when he calls me on a Saturday and tells me he's going to get a kidney transplant. I was not ready for that. Listen to me. You, look, look we, we preach about I ain't going to ever get over it. I don't care if y'all get mad about this, but that parking lot up here, we ought to just have church up here one Sunday every year. I know it's hot and it's uncomfortable. You know what? We ought to just be thankful. And we didn't know what the, the world was going to shut down, but there's a God in heaven that can't be shut down. There's a God in heaven. He didn't react to COVID. He was already ready. 
And may I say where you are, where you are in your life. Listen, you say, preacher, you don't know. Let me say something to you. There's a God in heaven that's working, and you can grow. Today can be the start. You may not grow all that you need to today, but you can get something. As I heard Scott Pauly say this, start getting some things in motion. You, may go read, you ain't going to go home and read the Bible all the way through. It'll take you 72 hours. Right? That's the average time. But you know what? You can start. You don't have to go home and read 16 hours of the Bible, but you can start. Let's get some things in motion.